three, two. Peanut butter chocolate, great ones separate, but when they come by, they make the morning time epic. Morning time epic. Morning time epic. Let's go. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Coworkers Podcast. I'm the peanut butter to this equation, Josh. And I'm Regan. The chocolate. <laughs> the chocolate. What the, what the fuck was that? What do you mean? That was like one of the greatest commercials of my Fucking childhood. Peanut butter chocolate flavor, dude. Dude, Reese's Reese's um uh the cereal and subsequently the candy, both S tier. Yeah, Would you agree? Real. Yeah, no, I agree. Okay, okay. 100%. I'm glad we were on the same page on that. <laughs> uh anyways, moving forward, uh what the hell are we talking about today? <laughs> Wait, did you even say welcome back? I did. Oh. <laughs> oh did you miss it? Yeah, I missed it. This isn't getting cut, by the way. Oh, yeah. No, I'm sure. This is just off the cuff. Oh, oh I'm sure. Um, looking at our uh, itinerary today, uh, Marvel dropped the Shang-Chi trailer. Yeah, like like with no announcement, no nothing. They just dropped it, which I thought was cool. Yeah, I thought it was uh, a nice surprise that morning. Because uh, the night before, I was on the Marvel Studios spoiler subreddit, and, and so someone was like, oh. There's gonna be a there's gonna be a trailer. And you're like ah, it's probably fake. He's probably like you know, saying this bullshit. And then and then I woke up. Lo and behold, su- to my surprise, fucking Shang Chi trailer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that shit was sick, bro. It was really cool. You know what the um the craziest thing about it is that as I was watching it, the one thing that I thought was, I forgot that this was a Marvel movie. Yeah, me too. And I think that's the the best compliment that I can give it is that like it didn't remind me of like anything else, mm-hmm. and it seems to be like more rooted in inspiration from old Bruce Lee movies and stuff like, like that, like, like old, old martial arts movies, old martial arts movies, like they like, got the wire, the mm-hmm. wire action the, and stuff from like, like that, like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, yep, Hero, mm-hmm. the oldies, which, which which was sick, and and you, and you know what's cool about it is the cinematographer, mm-hmm. um, I forgot his name. But he he was a cinematographer. The, uh, sorry, the cinematographer. Okay. For the Matrix. Oh, really? And Spider Man Two. Ooh. And so and so I don't know. I think it was pretty sick. We're getting the Raimi verse back together. Oh Jesus! But like, uh, but like a lot of the shots that they chose for the um. For 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 the trailer were were were, were pretty cool. I like. Yeah, yeah. Very, I uh, very bright. I agree also. Very wide. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't very have colorful. that like. At least for now, I, you know we haven't seen the movie, but like from what we see, what, what I saw in the trailer, there wasn't that like quick cut editing and shaky cam, which yeah, found in other like yeah, action movies, which and I honestly despise. Mm-hmm. So I'm, it needs to I'm be used correctly, you know. Yeah, for sure. It has a time and place, has a purpose, but a lot of times filmmakers tend to use shaky cam and hand cam footage to hide inexperience in filming fight scenes. Yeah. Uh, I have a question about the casting. About, uh, how do you feel about Aquafina? Because I only bring it up because at work today, uh, Cindy was asking me my thoughts on Aquafina, like as like an actress and stuff like that, and like just like a general like how I felt about her. And I was like, oh yeah, she's cool. Like uh, I would say that the best thing that I've seen her in is the farewell. The farewell. Yeah. Because she's usually typecasted as like a comedic role, you know, like mm-hmm. you know, bring the laughs or something. Yeah. And 
you know, to have her be in a dramatic role. That's uh, something that I always enjoy seeing with my actors and actresses to be played against type. Mm. And yeah, other than that, I just thought she was okay. And then Cindy like went on this whole tirade about how she was like, oh my God, I hate seeing Aquafina everywhere. Like I'm tired of her. Why? I was like, what the heck? I you thought know, it was so I, funny. I will say though, she was really good in Ryan the Last Dragon. Oh yeah, I still have yeah. to watch that. As as the dragon, I thought I thought she was I thought she was she was fine. She was great. She she was having fun. I can tell. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, I mean I think overall I think the cast is great. We got Simu Liu, who I think everyone just like easily like easily fell in love with. Didn't he get canceled for something? Yeah, yeah. But it was like, what, what was, was it for? Like? I don't even know. It it's because he he's doing a film with Mark Wahlberg. Oh uh, oh yeah, and yeah. then uh, Mark Wahlberg being um. Uh, he committed a hate crime. C- committing a hate crime. Yeah. yeah, that's what I was trying to say. Yeah. But uh, but but that was that whole thing because that was the, like the height of like all the attacks on the on like Asians. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that Asian that, hate that, and whatnot. But yeah, and it's like, yeah, you know, I think for the most part, he he's a very likable like guy, like Simu Liu. Simu Liu. Okay, I was about to say, yeah. I was like Mark Wahlberg. No, no, fuck no, fuck no, <laughs> hell no. no like, come but, on, you 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 watched Transformers. Oh jeez. The last yep, night yep. and. Age of Extinction. I think I found a Transformer. (laughs) This is going to be big for me. (laughs) Honey, honey, if I fix up this Transformer, like, it'll send you to college. (laughs) Oh, my God. But, yeah, it's, uh, no, like, I think Simu Liu, like, he's a very likable guy. Um, And and, and honestly, like, I think he's doing all the stunts. I was about to ask that, actually, if he was going to do all his own stunts. From what it looks in the trailer, it looks like he's doing a lot of the stunts himself. So that's cool. Mm -hmm. Most definitely. I always appreciate that when actors are willing to do like fight scenes. Yeah, to learn and like do it themselves and to actually like get down and dirty. Speaking of which, uh, there was like a picture going around of Natalie Portman on the set of the next door movie and she's ripped. She you saw that? Like she was she was built. Yeah. I was like, God damn. I'm like, she get into it. But but yeah. Is this what Anakin saw in her? (laughs) Oh my god, Jesus. I was like, Sheesh. But yeah, and then um who 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 else is on there? Tony Lee Young. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, uh-huh. Tony Leung, dude. Legendary like Hong Kong Chinese actor. Yep. He he's best known for like in the mood for love and Chunking Express from mm-hmm. Wong Kar Wai. This is his first time doing an American film. Really? And it's in Marvel. Which is insane. Like I honestly yeah, think it's uh-huh. insane. So so you that's know, great. um uh, that's what uh the power of these very large scale blockbuster movies is to bring these uh formerly only known to be like small time actors and actresses into the limelight, yeah. you know, giving them the the love that they deserve, which I always applaud them for. I'm really glad yeah. for that because it's like because it's like I think Marvel's gotten to the point where it's like okay, I think I think we've been able to like, you know, pick pick some good actors from Hollywood in the U S. Now let's go out and branch out because apparently for like the Miss Marvel show coming out later this year, yeah, they've they've hired some actors from like Pakistan or something. Oh yeah, like because, really uh, really like popular actors mm-hmm. from there. So Kamala Harris and stuff like that. Like that's the character, right? Kamala Khan. Kamala, Kamala, Khan. Kamala Harris is our, is our vice president. <laughs> Holy shit. Kamala Khan. That's Miss Marvel. <laughs> but it's okay. It's okay. I mean the same vein, right? Kamala. Moving on. Okay. That was that was awful of me. Yeah. Oh my oh, god. Also, fun fact. Did you know that our coworker Kevin yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. His cousin worked on the stunt team for Shang Chi. Yeah, I think um, uh, 
I remember him uh, going crazy, like telling us about that. Yeah. Like uh, he was working with um, Timu Liu, Timu Liu on uh, training him mm-hmm. to be up to up to snuff for the for all the stunts and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty fucking awesome. We know a celebrity. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I I follow them on Instagram. Really, and uh-huh. and he he like screenshotted this one scene. You know the the guy with the mask. Yeah, uh-huh. like, well, like well, like the the white kabuki looking mask. Type yeah, uh huh. Um, apparently, or I don't. He didn't confirm it, but what I'm thinking is he, he was the stunt actor in that for that thing for 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 that costume for that oh. suit. Oh, so if that was him, dude, props because that's fucking sick. Because a lot of the choreography is really cool. We're gonna stay and watch all the credits just Prob- to see probably just to Kevin's see that name, cousins, just name. to see that name, yeah, and to call it out, be like, we know him, yeah, by extension. <laughs> But 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 going back to what you said about like it not looking like a Marvel movie, like or like the 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 general feel of mm-hmm. it. There's something about like the way it looks, a little bit of like the cinematography, and just the way it was like presented. I was like, hmm, this doesn't feel like a conventional Marvel movie. Yeah. Like they're going a bit out of the box for this yeah, one, for and sure. I like that. Yeah, and 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 I hope as time goes on, like Marvel's like able to do that more with mm-hmm. like their shows. Or yeah. like, mm-hmm. or like their movies is like break from this mold of like what a superhero movie should be, mm-hmm. right? And so, honestly, I'm excited. Like, I honestly wasn't excited that much for Shang Chi, because you know, but I mean, like, I'm a Marvel fan, right? I'm gonna see it either way, but it wasn't like at the top of my list, right? Yeah, like, uh, that wasn't a character that you were like begging, absolutely begging for like a yeah. uh widescreen yeah. but don't like, get me wrong seeing, seeing like an asian superhero yeah for a big company like this it's fucking that's sick. great that's uh-huh. fucking sick but i think now shang chi easily just moved up to like the most anticipated like marvel movie for me most definitely what else is even coming out this year black eternals widow? spider-man oh, 3 eternals. uh yeah black widow the hawkeye show the miss marvel show the what if show well, it turns out that uh, <laughs> the Loki show, Loki wasn't the last thing, and Shang Chi wasn't <laughs> the second nope. to last thing to come out this year. Yeah. By my approximation, Hell, hellish, yeah, hellish. Apparently, there's a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Any... On the topic of uh, Marvel stuff, actually, okay. um, would you like to talk about the the past uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier episode a little bit? I would say that I'm pleasantly surprised with how much I feel like the show has ramped up in terms of my interest. Mm-hmm. Because originally going in, I was like, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, like, what could possibly, like, happen? Like, yeah. I was like, uh, like, this is this just might be a serviceable, like, in-between type of project just to get us uh, up to speed for, like, the next phase, for the mm-hmm. next set of movies, to get everybody... Where they needed to be on the timeline, like, you know, we needed uh, Falcon to take up the mantle, mm-hmm. and this is going to serve as that uh, as that show. And for the most part, it is. But unlike WandaVision, this doesn't have the same, like, immediate hook. Like, yeah. for me, it was the whole, like, spoofing of old TV generational shows and whatnot, and it playing a pretty big part in Wanda's character. Yeah. And it wasn't until about episode... I guess it was the last episode. That's five. Wait, wait, what are you talking about? No, I'm talking about like when my interest in the show like, oh, okay, like okay, okay, gotcha, started gotcha. to uh, step up. Right. And I would say it wasn't until John Walker did the thing with the shield mm-hmm. 
that I was like, dang, like everybody hates this dude. He's like America's most hated man right now. Yeah. But my God, do I think he's like a fascinating, like interesting character out of like this whole bundle. Yo, and I'm really happy with how it's turning no, out. Why, what, honestly, why Wyatt Russell is doing such a great job playing that character. Like, yeah. He is such a good actor. And mm-hmm. it just sucks that people are fucking hating on Wyatt Russell rather than hitting on john walker yeah yeah mm-hmm. and uh like all that stuff like there was like the whole like death threat like bonanza yeah. like people sending him death threats yeah, for because they cannot separate f- fact from fiction it's yeah. pretty wild but i mean for the sole purpose of showcasing like essentially like a foil for captain america like a flip side <laughs> of like it's essentially like a what if yeah and Watching that transpire, I find really, really fascinating. Yeah. And he's probably the most interesting part of the show to me, other than, like, the the last episode and, like, a little bit of, like, Zemo and whatnot, like, seeing him seeing him return, wearing that mask, wearing that fucking sock on his face. Like, I thought... <laughs> the fucking beanie? <laughs> yeah, that goddamn beanie, bro. Uh, You know what that reminds me of? You know that character from uh Fat Albert, the one that wears a beanie over his face and there's just, like, eyes, like, cut out? He's played... He's played by Marcus Houston in uh, in the Fat Albert movie. Man, no, I've never seen You don't know this? I've oh, my God. That. I'm going to show you a picture, but that's what Zemo looks like. Jesus. But, uh, I mean... Yeah. No, I I agree. It's, like, with Falcon and Winter Soldier, like, obviously, I'm going to watch it, right? But it's... It, it wasn't something that I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be, like, game-changing or whatever, right? Or, like, you know, like... Yeah. It's, it's not going to hook me, like, like like you said, like WandaVision did. Mm-hmm. So... I I initially thought that oh this is just gonna be you know it's gonna be this buddy cop action thriller just like Winter Soldier was just like Civil War mm-hmm. was and then by like episode like two just by episode two <laughs> I was like oh shit this is going in a completely different direction yeah yeah most definitely I would say for me the most interesting character and my and I think my I don't know if you, I don't, I don't I don't know if he's my favorite thus far, but definitely the most interesting that it captivated me was Isaiah Bradley. Oh yeah, my, played by yeah, Carl uh-huh. Lumley. Holy shit! Mm-hmm. Like when 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 that ball dropped, because like I knew about his character in the comics, but I didn't you know know how they were going to like integrate him into the story? Yeah, yeah, and and seeing him portray a disgruntled war veteran, like a disgruntled black war veteran mm-hmm. who. Was treated like absolute shit. Yeah, you know, what is that called? Like um, erasure. Like yeah, erasure. What they, uh-huh. Erasure. Yeah. What they essentially did to him. Yeah, in a sense, yeah. And 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 seeing, and seeing Sam, like, understand like holy shit like there there was this guy after Steve, like before me before Bucky or whatever, and. But he's thrown under the rug because he's thought exactly. of that being like unimportant, you know. Yeah. He's just a test subject. Like. Yeah, exactly. And then that that whole like, basically almost his origin story in episode five. Yeah, I thought was, I thought was great. And then in the last episode, he had that line when um uh, he's talking to, talking to Falcon, where he's like, "They'll never make a ba- uh, a black man um uh, Captain America yeah. or something like that." I was like, "Damn." I was like, that is true. They got the just like this like regular old schmuck like white boy to be, mm-hmm. uh, like Captain America. Like it's touching on like the idea of like privilege and uh, like just being handed things just over something that you can't control. Yeah. And and, and one, it's interesting, yeah. Yeah, and and one thing about that too is his story of what he did is exactly like Steve's story, like what Steve did in World War Two. 
Because mm-hmm. Steve went to go save Bucky and, and that whole battalion, right? Yeah. Well, that that's exactly what Isaiah did. But Steve got awarded. He got paraded. He got promoted, right? He got to work with the generals and whatnot. Yeah. And fight. He became the poster boy yeah, for ex- America. Yeah, exactly. But what did Isaiah Bradley get? Isaiah Bradley got swept under the rug. He yep. got arrested for 30 years, experimented on, and treated like absolute dirt. Mm-hmm. Which, you know. When he is... When he's cut from the same cloth exactly. as Captain America. Exactly. And, and then there's like there's the introduction of like John Walker and just like this total outlier, but he's still being paraded as like, Oh my god, like he's gonna be like a savior and whatnot. He's gonna he's gonna take up this mantle and do everybody a good service. And then they just show like how this power like can corrupt and like get to someone's head. That scene where like Battlestar like gets owned and then John Walker chases down the guy and just like exudes like this um, uh, righteous justice to just like in his own mind is like this is justice like I yeah. am going to kill you in front of all these people who are recording me yeah and, and not give a shit yeah and I, I forgot what I was watching but there was this good video like really good like video that I was watching where it's like they said that John Walker thinks what makes Captain America Captain America is the shield yeah mm-hmm. but what makes but what makes Captain America Captain America is your character. Yeah. And who uh-huh. you are and what you stand for. And right? it's also the fact that, like, um, was it you? Or I feel like uh, someone someone I talked to recently was uh, talking about how whenever Steve would talk about himself, like, he wouldn't refer to himself as, like, Steve Rogers, Captain America. Like, how John Walker intru- always introduces himself. Like, he needs to make people, like know in the room that like he is captain america yeah, he, but it's the fact yeah. that steve rogers character and the what he stands for just represented captain america he's yeah. just steve like yeah. everybody knew him as a very like friendly face and whatnot yeah exactly and like people like for the most part they respected steve mm-hmm. and like because of what he did and what he sacrificed and like who he is right but john walker he demands respect yeah when mm-hmm. no one knows who the fuck he, he thinks is. he he deserves it only yeah. because he has the shield. He's got the title, yeah. and like, that's it. It's like that's how Captain America is. It's this damn shield. Yeah, exa- yeah exactly. But no, it's the fact that he has to do good yeah. and do what's right. Yeah, exactly. And that's just what he lacks. Mm-hmm. Even though it's like all these events happening to him, like completely parallel. Like, uh, same thing. Like you said, um, uh, with Steve Rogers, he. He's given like the shield, like the mantle, but like when he takes the serum, his his friend dies, and then it's just like, okay, now we're at this diverging path. If Steve Rogers is the good path, mm-hmm. like his friend dies, and then like Steve Rogers goes on to be a hero. So what would happen if like we yeah. gave the serum to this well, unhinged motherfucker? Well, well, also that I think the show, I wouldn't say the show did a terrible job, but I just I just wish that they made it more like explicit that John suffered from like PTSD and John had some anger issues right because mm-hmm. they kind of hinted at it yeah but, but they didn't necessarily like dive into it as much as I wanted them to yeah but I mean it's it, it, it's like almost a callback to the first of uh, first Captain America movie where he said where the the, the doctor Stanley Tucci he yep. says he's like the serum makes like a good man better mm-hmm. right because it's not about strength it's not about how you fight it's about your character yeah that, that makes you a super soldier or whatever mm-hmm and and I guess you know that just isn't the case for John Walker because he's just whatever. You know? mm-hmm. I I feel like uh, what you're saying about like uh, kind of expanding on John Walker's backstory to like 
hint at that he has like these like troubling issues about him i think the fact that a lot of that is shrouded in mystery and the fact that they just gave it to some random like war veteran is Mm -hmm. a commentary on i don't know how much this is going to rustle a bird's nest or a bumblebee nest or whatever kind of nest that we're sitting in but i think it's a commentary on white privilege and like Mm -hmm. the fact that like uh, oh yeah it's like he looks the part and like we don't we're gonna we're gonna give him like a slap on the slap on the wrist for like yeah uh all this stuff like all that history like it doesn't matter it's about what he's gonna do now and in the future yeah. and like uh any other candidate is like thrown under the rug it's like he he just looks the part yeah and because and it, of that you know and he, it goes back to like episode one when she when sam gave the shield to the smithsonian or whatever yeah and the guy was like thanks sam you did the right thing. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what do you mean did the what? right thing? Sam, I mean, uh, Steve, like, gave his blessings to, like, carry yeah. on the mantle. Yeah, exactly. But- Which brings us to episode, the end of episode six. Uh, Falcon now has been training like a motherfucker. Yeah. Tossing that shield around, doing flips fucking, and everything. S- s- fucking Rocky Balboa montage. And then they get the, he gets the suit, but, but they don't show it but yet. we don't see it yet, yeah. By he gets it from uh, what's the name of that group from Wakanda? Uh, well, he technically he got it from Wakanda, yeah, as a whole. But like the Dora Malaje, yeah, they uh-huh. thing, yeah. So I'm actually pretty excited yeah, to see I'm, how this concludes because um, uh, compared to uh the last um the the last thing I brought up like WandaVision, my interest in that show it like peaked at around like five and then it kind of just like slowly went down because it started to just become in my mind just like mm-hmm. the marvel stuff that is necessary to like set up the next movies no, yeah, the definitely, next phase definitely. that's when it like waned in interest this is like an actual like gradual climate interest and by the end of the show i am now at my most interested yeah. so i really like commend like uh the progression of events the the plot and whatnot yeah. it's it's fairly interesting so far yeah no i mean i'm i'm excited too because like not just a marvel fan but like just how this show captivated me and like the fact that the writer malcolm spellman the director Kyrie skogland and all the other writers involved like they didn't sugarcoat anything yeah like they knew what it meant to have a black man be captain Mm -hmm. america right and 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 so they went there full force and i commend them for that they didn't sugarcoat anything. They didn't tip to, like tip their toes around or whatever. Yeah, walk they on eggshells. Yeah, you know, they went there, and I think they pulled it off. It was great. He's gonna sneeze. He's, <laughs> bless you. Good. Another one coming. Oh. Uh oh. All right, I'm good. So, All right, awesome. uh, uh, but yeah, for the most part, I'm excited. The finale is this week. Mm-hmm. So it's a matter of days. Yeah, I'm excited to see what happens. Who's power broker? Who is the power broker? Oh, that is true. <laughs> power broker, Harley uh, Nower. Uh oh, uh oh. I'm just kidding, but uh, but yeah, I'm excited. Um, I'm very satisfied with the show so far, and I can't wait to see what they're gonna do for the finale. So, what are your thoughts uh about this Loki show and like how it's shaping up, it, it, like what it's looking like it's going to embody? Oh boy. So apparently, Loki is gonna. He's gonna sneeze. He's gonna sneeze. No, he's not gonna sneeze. Okay. So apparently Loki is gonna apparently tie in with Doctor Strange too. Mm. Apparently. Is because Tom Hiddleston confirmed to appear as Loki in He's rumored. He's rumored ah, to Ah, okay then. But you know who is gonna show up in that movie? Bruce Campbell. Oh no. 
That is what I'm hyped for. He's gonna be. He's gonna play. He's Ash. gonna say. He's gonna look at the camera and be like, "Groovy." <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna have those fucking Sam Raimi like close up with the eyes and shit. Yeah. The tracking shot of <laughs> like going through like the portals. I I anticipate a shot like that. It's gonna be so tight. But yeah, so Loki. Loki's interesting because he he is basically. This is like guy out of time, literally out of time. He's not in his like regular universe. In, in his timeline, yeah. yeah. He like fucked with everything. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so now he's like traveling, what I assume is different times, across the the Marvel universe. And I guess this is gonna be his whole arc of being antihero. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Like, uh, an an arc of redemption. His redemption song, in a way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, I don't know what to think of it, man. It it looks like weird and weird in a good way, mm-hmm. like weird where it's like out there in terms of like the science fiction realm and like how they're gonna use time travel. Yeah, because the because the whole thing where it looks like a hotel, right? Like you know you know what kind of yeah, yeah. I know where, what you're referring where to, that like, thing where, like a hotel. where um uh, Owen Wilson is stationed. Yeah, so his whole his whole character it's part of this thing called the Time Variance Authority. Yeah, and what so they the time do, police. Yeah, the time police. They basically just watch time and how like those uh, meatball guys from. Ru- Rick and Morty. I feel messed with time. <laughs> I feel messed with time. Dude, why is it Keen Peel in this show? <laughs> that would be so funny. But yeah, um, so I guess the whole thing is just him trying to work with the TVA to fix the timelines. I at least I assume yeah. so. Uh huh. Um, if I'm being honest, not my most anticipated show, but obviously I'm gonna watch it. I'm a Marvel fan, but it it, it looks cool. For the most part, in yeah. terms of like what they're gonna do with multiverse, because it looks like they're gonna deal with the multiverse heavily, right? Like that and Doctor Strange too. They're gonna deal with the multiverse, so I'm just excited to see what what's to come. But what do you think? I mostly agree with uh, the sentiments that you presented. Like uh, I watched the trailer and I saw Owen Wilson. I was interest. I was instantly intrigued. Yeah. I wanted him to say wow. Maybe he'll say it a few times throughout the show. Wow. But yeah, it's more so like, uh, let's just go in there uh, blind with only this mm-hmm. trailer like in mind and then just see where it goes because maybe the show will surprise me and uh, I'll enjoy it more so than I originally anticipated. Yeah. And for the most part, I agree with like the things that you were saying about like the new ideas that it's going to introduce into the Marvel universe, like the multiverse stuff, exploring all that all that jazz because it's going to get into the really interesting magical stuff like in the in the future of this phase. Yeah. So, yeah, that's coming out June. So, we're not getting any Marvel content in May. Mm. So, yeah. But we could make our own Marvel content. Okay. You know how? We could just watch we could watch the Raimi trilogy. Oh, oh man. Sure. <laughs> Spider-Man but, uh, too, bro. Yeah. But um what is it? Um, Black Widow. Black Widow's coming out oh, yeah. in July. That is coming out. What are we doing, Josh? Are, are, are we renting a theater for us, for ourselves? Are we going to rent a movie theater out for that movie, or are we going to rent it for Fast 9? Because they're going to go to space, bro. I've been, We've been anticipating this for years. Fast 9 or No Time to Die? Or The Green Knight? Is that even a question? Is that even like Or The a French Dispatch. Debate? Why not all of them? Just back-to-back? Yeah, dude. It's oh, like, fuck. can we, uh, AMC, yo, AMC, can we, like, clear out this single auditorium for the rest of the year? <laughs> just just play just all us? your movies. Yeah. Just play all your movies in there. That would be great. That That's would be, be great. Yeah, uh, I think, if I'm being honest, 
I think Black Widow might be the first movie I see in theaters again. Mm. That that's whether or not what happens in COVID. Yeah, yeah, I right? feel it. Hopefully, it gets a little better. Who knows? Right? Mm-hmm. Let's see. And obviously, I'm gonna be safe about it. So. Oh, speaking of the movie theater, um, there is this anime movie out that a lot of people at work are anticipating to watch. It's called Demon Slayer, and it's a that. sequel to a show that ori- that already aired. Mm-hmm. And it's a show that's pretty good. Like for the most part, it's a pretty basic like action show, but it's got some pretty good characters. It's got a really nice art style, at least to me. And I think it's very enjoyable and like anybody could watch. Mm-hmm. And we are actually, uh, Kevin and I are have been looking to see if that is a movie that we could rent out a theater for. Because if it is, we're going to get a lot of people from work to uh, maybe join in. And, I'm, I'm uh, down. Let me catch up. I'm down that. to uh, pay for a brunt of it. Kevin was down to pay for a brunt of it. And KJ was too. So if we're able to secure a theater, like we're, we're hopefully going to, that'll be our first endeavor back into the theater. Oh, man. Nice. Well, I will uh if if that if that is the case I will watch the entire series. It's 24 episodes. It's actually doable. Is there is there like any fat I need to trim off? Oh no, it's um uh it's all content pretty much. Cool. Okay. Can't say that there's really a filler. Yeah. Okay. And then the best thing about the movie is that it's canon. It's the actual like natural progression. It's just that apparently in the manga like this part it's called it's called the train arc and it's like the whole movie is going to take place on, like, this train, like, infested with, like, demons and stuff like that. It's just going to be hype as fuck, apparently. Damn, so, like, Train to Busan? Oh, with demons. Oh, okay. I'll check it out. Where is it on? Funimation? It's on Crunchyroll. Mm-hmm. If you don't have an account, I could always lend you one. Yeah, Josh, go ahead and just... I think it's on Netflix. I think oh, it's on Netflix, okay. actually. I was going to say, go ahead and just say your password and username for me, like, out loud. Oh, yeah. Um, and <laughs> also, um, this is my... Uh, credit card information and the <laughs> CVC and the last four digits of my social for anybody out there. Go buy yourself something pretty. Go go play something on the jukebox. Damn, you damn. Know? He, he balling like that. I'd be balling. Right. Uh, but yeah, um, this is kind of a just a random episode. We're just uh, shooting the shit, I guess. Yeah. There's not really a structure to this. But you know what? Overall, I'm excited for the Marvel content coming out. Yep. Because in 2020, we got none. Which, which honestly, is, like, I think true, was a good huh? thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. Otherwise, we would have been fatigued. But I'm excited. I'm ready we to see mm-hmm. all this new content that's coming out. I want to see this universe expand, and I will watch Demon Slayer. At least oh, I'll try. Shit. At least all I'll right. try. Yeah. The, the The semester's rounding up for me, so I gotta I gotta focus sometimes. But yeah. What's next, Josh? What's next? Uh, so the Sunday's the Oscars, and I'm supposed to be catching up on movies. Oscars. But. Yesterday, I saw a 2020 movie that, that that didn't get nominated for anything. It was actually one of the movies I was most anticipated to watch in theaters. But given our uh, sociological, <gasps> given the given the status of uh, society and whatnot, mm-hmm. I was not able to see it. So I had to watch it from the comfort of my room. Mm-hmm. It is an A24 horror Ooh. movie called Saint Maud. Oh, is that is that a scary movie, Josh? I don't like scary movies. Okay, okay, okay. I'm a big baby when it comes to scary movies. So, it's an A24 horror movie. So, sure, you could watch the trailer and be like, ooh, that's kind of spooky. But there's kind of, like, a little bit more bubbling under the surface, you know? It's just like, it's like the top layer. Right. The top layer of this seven-layer cake. I'm going to let you finish. Hold on. Did Hereditary do, or was Hereditary under A24? 
Yes, it was. Okay, so... But this movie is, like, it's presented, like, as a horror movie. It's advertised as a horror movie, but really, it's a character drama. It's really sad. It's a really sad character drama about the titular character, Maud, who is a hospice nurse, and she is tasked with... Uh, she is tasked with taking care of her new patient named Amanda, who is, suffers from stage four lymphoma, and it's like the end of stage four. So she's like her like health is declining quickly, yeah. and it's the the main conflict is Maud becomes so obsessed with Amanda and the fact that since she's so in tune with God, she believes she's in tune with God mm-hmm. that she was sent to Amanda to save her soul and to like guide her to heaven to um like. It's like the afterlife, essentially. It's like a higher, a higher realm and whatnot. And what the movie tackles is loneliness, Mm -hmm. madness, and like the religious experience. Like if you're um, uh, and like extreme, like uh, religious extremism is the word that like I'm the words I'm trying to look for Mm -hmm. because like the character of Maud like has this very much embodies like a holier than thou like mentality it's like because she's so in tune with god like there's this like funny line in the beginning like where she's like uh a lot of it is is narrated by her through prayer like her prayers to god and whatnot and that kind of sets the foundation for Mm -hmm. like uh what's happening and there's a part of the beginning where she's like dear god i don't know if you hear me but i think i could feel you i'm not sure actually if it's just a stomach ulcer or something but i feel i have this feeling in my gut that you're here with me and there's like this this like hint of like could this just be paranormal or is this an actual like is she just going crazy mm-hmm. and there's like there's all this really cool tampering with uh what is and what isn't real like since we see everything presented through mod's eyes uh there's a uh, these like psychological scenes of like her like going through like a trip of like revelation and whatnot but it's like these super elaborate like sequences that take place and it just makes for a very very interesting movie it's pretty short it's actually only an hour and 24 minutes and i I was gonna say it's an easy watch it's not an easy watch in terms of time it is but this is a movie meant to like watch if you want to feel like sad because the way it ends too is fucked up and uh, I guess spoilers for the movie, just so I could kind of explain a bit more about what happens. Um, but throughout the whole movie, Maud is trying to save Amanda, like her soul. Not only is she like there to take care of her, but she's like, oh, like I'm gonna guide you to, I'm gonna guide you to heaven, essentially. And the ironic thing is, is that since she's in the mega in the medical field, and their whole mo is to like save people, you know, so like um. Uh, it's to nurse them back to health. Right. It's ironic that she's trying to save someone who is suffering from a disease that is inoperable. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's kind of like a hint that like, oh, you can't save this person. Right. And she just thinks like, oh yeah, I could do it. Like God told me to do it. So of course I'm going to do it. And then she goes on this tirade of like getting her, getting Amanda to like not interact with anybody, having her rely on solely just mod and... Whenever she fails, whenever she feels like she fails God in her duties, she inflicts self-harm. Yeah, it's like a, it's like penance almost. Right? Yeah, uh-huh. Like, 
the first infliction is is she sears her hand on a stove like the back of her hand it doesn't seem like it damages her that much but then there's a scene later where she's putting bandages back on and she unravels it and it's fucked it looks so gnarly and then instead of just like tending to it she just starts like peeling like more skin like she just wants to like suffer because she's like oh my god she's like oh god like i failed you and whatnot and it's it's so weird and the reason why she keeps on doing this like she she's a she's like pretty much like indoctrinated to like do this like she doesn't think any other way and she's so consumed by this like idea of god and her duties and whatnot that she she has completely lost herself her name's not even maud there's a there's a character introduced a former co-worker of hers mm-hmm. and she refers to her as katie oh wow and she's like hey katie like how, how have you been like i haven't seen you like at work and whatnot or like i have i haven't seen you ever since like you had to leave like the job that we used to work at together and then Maud is just like quiet she's like oh like I've, I've been okay i've been watching over like this this like new woman and whatnot and then the former co-worker leaves this like one nugget of knowledge that just like eats away at you as you're watching the movie she says you should know katie that what happened to the last patient it's not your fault because at the beginning of the movie, mm. the movie starts with this really, really grisly scene of Maud like sitting in the corner of like a hospital room. It's in this like dirty ass like green lighting. It's so like muddy and like it, it just looks like disgusting. Mm-hmm. And it's her sitting in a corner covered in blood and then it cuts to what she's looking at and it's a body on like an operating table and she couldn't save this person. So she had like a change of faith she became a christian she found her only salvation in god and now she's given this duty and that's pretty much like the whole like premise of the movie oh wow so there's a point in time in the movie where maud where uh she's um uh i'm sorry i'm sorry just just to backtrack a little bit uh there's a point in time in the movie where amanda is having a birthday party for herself mm-hmm. and she invites everybody that uh, Maude is like, oh, you can't see them anymore. Or like she, she she tries to get them away because she's trying to prep her one-on-one for like this enlightening experience. Mm-hmm. She's like, she's so important. Like, you guys don't understand. So all these people come in and then they start like dunking on Maude as like, oh, you're such a weirdo. Like, like why do you behave this way? And then Maude, like, like what she does in retaliation, just slap the shit out of Amanda. And, like, as a hospice nurse, you're not supposed to be, you know, like, putting hands on patients and whatnot. So she gets fired from her job. And then during the scene, Amanda and everybody at the party is like, Maude, you're so young. Like, why don't you just loosen up a bit? Why don't you just indulge in life a little bit? So this is the point in the film where Maude strays away from what she perceives to be God's light. And she does, like, all these things in one night. Like, she goes to this bar, she sees a dude in this bar, and just, like, it cuts to her just giving a hand job to, like, this dude, and then she's just, like, so displeased and disgusted by, like, everything she's doing. She's like, well, if this is what it means to be normal, like, I, I don't want it to happen like this, like, and then later on that night when she gets home, she's so hammered that she has a revelation, like, a religious, like, awakening, and she's like, oh, I know what I must do now, because God actually, like, speaks to her. What she perceives to be like god you know mm-hmm. it's like at at first like we don't ever hear god so we're like oh she's she's just nuts and then we hear this voice that's speaking in welsh that's like oh it's like you have tried your hardest my child but now is like the final step to your enlightenment 
you know what you have to do. And she dons what is essentially like makeshift like robes that she made. It, it makes her look like be like holy. She's like wearing like a rosary or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And then she gets this bottle of like I don't know what it is. I think it's like hydrochloric acid or something like that. It, it's her makeshift holy water. And she takes a visit to Amanda, who's now being cared by another um, uh, woman. So when that woman leaves, Maud breaks into the house because Amanda's one of those people that t- keeps like an extra key like under like a rug or like a rock or something like that. Mm-hmm. And Maud takes a key, goes inside, and like tells Amanda, it's like, oh, it's like, you're, you're at the end of the road. And at this point, Amanda's like in bed with like tubes like in her nose and stuff like that. Like her like face is flushed. She's completely at the end of her rope. And then Maud is like, yeah, I, I'm here to, like, bring you um, uh, to the end in, like, uh, the most holy fashion. And I'm here to save you. And then Amanda's like, don't you know all that stuff is fake? Oh. Like, don't you, like, he's not real. Like, that, like I, I don't know what to, I don't know what to tell you, but you're so, like, wrapped up in this. And Maud's like... Maud is, like, hysterical at this point. She's like, what are you talking about? Like, you can't be right. Like, I- I'm here to save you. God told me himself. And then um, there's a part earlier in the movie where Maud and Amanda are praying. And whenever Maud, like, has a prayer, like, she feels, like, God's presence inside of her. And she behaves in a way where she's, like, she's, like, having, like, a climax. Like, it's, like, it's like euphoric, you know? Yeah. And then... There's a part where Amanda and Maud are praying and Amanda like joins in and just like acts acts like she's um uh she, she's having the same experience as Maud. But then when Maud brings it up again, Amanda's like, Oh, I only did that because you don't know how dull it is to die. How dull it is to be dying. So like with Maud's like faith like completely shaken to the core, she it, it like cuts to um uh, in the same like sequence what is going on in Maud's head and she now perceives Amanda as like the devil incarnate like how dare you think that like you could like test my fate like this mm-hmm. and then Amanda is just like in this like newly adopted like distorted voices like you're just a weak child like following like this like faithless man it's like there's this there's actually no one out there so in retaliation Maud takes a pair of scissors and stabs the shit out of Amanda. And it cuts God. it cuts to this POV shot from Amanda's perspective of Maud just jamming scissors into her. And then the scene ends with what's actually happening in the real world, which is just Amanda like like lying there defenseless, just like covered in blood. Oh my god. This the scissor just sticking out of her neck and Maud is like, "Oh, like I guess th- th- this was my duty. You turned out to be like a demon, and I purged you from the world, and now I'm like some type of angel. So, that's not the end of the movie. Now we get to the resolution of the of the movie. With Maud's uh, duties complete, she can now ascend to heaven. So she takes her robes, she goes to the beach, like in front of like all these spectators, so they could bear witness to her greatness. She takes a bottle of acetone, flammable liquid, dumps it on herself and everybody is looking in like horror they're like no like what are you doing like uh, don't do that like um uh, th- that that's like really dangerous and stuff like that people are trying to save her mm-hmm. and the voices slowly get like warbled like she's not listening to them anymore and then she lights the lighter in her hand and then 
it's one of, it's another one of those scenarios where it quickly like turns into what's happening in Maud's head and it shows her like being engulfed in flames but she like dons like these wings and like she's everybody like gets on their knees and starts like praying they're like oh my god like she she's actually like an angel and Maud feels like this like euphoria like see like i finally transformed into like what i've always uh was meant to be i'm a savior and then it hard cuts to what's actually happening in real life and the movie ends on like this two second shot of this charred body it's mod just screaming at the top of her lungs and the movie ends just like that it's fucked my god but hey, it's great. I give it like an eight out of ten. It's really unsettling, but it's it's you know it's it's a it, it's a Josh type of movie. We we've coined the this Josh type of movie. We've uh we've coined this uh expression when it comes to very weird cinema, very like obtuse and maybe hard to understand, and um uh, just movies that are a bit more out there. They're coined as Josh movies because they're definitely like my favorites. And that's Saint Maud. Any thoughts on uh, this movie about what loneliness, what type of uh, craziness, and what the what the compounding effects of like isolationism, loneliness, and like finding faith through like religion, but in a very extreme manner? Like that's pretty much like what the movie's like talking about. You have any thoughts about what I just explained? Yeah, I got chills, man. Look, my fucking arm, bro. I got oh fucking chills. God. There's a lot of times in the movies, like, I was watching it with my headphones, right? Where, like, I had to, like, turn it down because, like, something, like, grisly was gonna happen. Like, it was, like, a, a scene of self-harm or something like that. Oh, I forgot to mention another one where, um, there's a point in the movie where she feels like she's failed God again. So, she takes... Is it the trailer scene? With the thumbtacks? Yes. Yeah, it's yeah, that scene. I, I, okay, yeah, that scene... Oh, oh, like like yeah. the sound effects like it makes too. Like when she jumps into her shoes after like looking at like a cross like on her wall, it makes like this squishing sound, and she just starts screaming. And then hard cuts. It, it hard cuts to her walking around New York, which is where this movie is set. And you can hear like they amplify the sound of like the squishing of flesh, oh. and you could hear her voice. It's like she wants to scream at like the top of her lungs, but she holds it in. Oh, it's so. Ugh. But God, it was a very riveting movie. Like, it's it's crazy. It's a crazy movie. I don't know where it could have been nominated in the Oscars, but maybe maybe um uh, uh the director her name is Rose Glass, uh maybe best best director. Uh, this is her directorial debut. Also, it's fantastic. It's a fantastic debut. My goodness. So she's on some Ari Aster shit, bro. Oh my! Oh my God! Okay, okay, so so Josh, you know you said that there are Josh type of movies? Yeah. Yeah, for the most part, I've actually seen them, right? Mm-hmm. I was forced to to see fucking Hereditary. Yeah, weren't you stoned out of your mind, too, when you watched it? <laughs> I hope my mom hey, doesn't happy hear that. Happy 420, everyone. I hope my mom doesn't hear that. Oh, sorry, sorry. I meant to say, um, uh, uh, Reagan was, uh, he was drinking a, a light seltzer. I, I was drunk. He was drunk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, I was. I was quite inebriated. Uh, when I watched that movie, and uh, it terrified me. I remember the reactions you all had when um, it got to the end of the movie, when like the house is all dark and Annie gets possessed by Pyman. And I told everybody, "Hey, make sure to look in the corners." 
and then there's just her just lingering in the shadows and everybody was like what the fuck oh it was such a beautiful moment Ugh, I, dude you I are fucking that movie. Ah, chills and then i saw the lighthouse which i actually really like the lighthouse mm-hmm. um I saw I'm Thinking of Ending Things, which I really liked. I'm Thinking of Ending Things. I saw Midsummer, but that was with like my 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 siblings. They just dick swinging. <laughs> Don't fucking remind me. We were we were all huddled around our laptop just watching. We we're like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> but yeah, some fucking Ari Aster type shit, Robert Eggers type shit. Still haven't seen The Witch. Oh which my god. Which you you want me to, but again, I have it on Blu-ray. I have it right I'm here good. sitting with I'm me. Good. It's on Netflix too. I think I'm good. It's got Anya Taylor Joy in it. Yeah, I'm a little. Uh, sp- sp- what a cinematic darling spook- she is. Spooky dookie doubt. So, yeah, uh, there's that. So that about wraps up the the Saint Maud uh, one sided <sighs> discussion. I, I guess it was just kind of fun to see Reagan's reaction as I retold the events of if, the movie. If only we were recording this, so they can see my face. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw you like take the mic away from your like. <laughs> from your mouth because you were like what the fuck yeah, like you I just would, had to like yeah. think <clears throat> like my jaw dropped like multiple times but um everybody yeah. out there uh, but, uh, go see it <laughs> but on a lighter note uh we're going to wrap up the program uh with a small little q a um uh small little q a section the first the the introduction uh potentially uh, future Q&A segments so anybody's interested uh, follow us at coworkers.podcast on Instagram and we shall throw up posts asking us hey you got a question uh, it could be about entertainment it could be aimed at either uh, Reagan Reagan or I and it could just kind of like be about anything really just don't stray off the beaten path and ask us like what size jeans we wear or something yeah no, random no shit yeah like yeah that. yeah no weird shit no 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 weird shit as it pertains to movies and films and whatnot and entertainment as a whole. Yeah. We are um, willing to discuss it. So, yeah. Reagan, would you like to start it off? Yeah, I will start off. Uh, this question comes from Dano XDI. He asks, who's going to win, Godzilla or King Kong? Well, Daniel. He might, he, he might need to watch <laughs> last episode. <laughs> well, Daniel, uh, our answer is go watch episode four if you haven't already. <laughs> That's our answer. <laughs> Monkey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do it. I don't want to yeah, blow our mics. <laughs> we're going to blow out something in here. All right. Anyways, uh, Josh, you got the next question there? Oh, uh, this next cas- this next question comes from one of our coworkers named KJ. Uh, he asks, if we had to pitch, if we had to like sit at a meeting and pitch the plot for Grown Ups 3, <laughs> what would it be? <laughs> Bro, we're going to go all night with this. Just, just hurry, hurry, like spitball something. Okay, okay, you start. I'm gonna start. Okay, it's like I'm gonna start one train of thought, and then you just okay, like respond. Mind you, okay. I haven't seen Grown Ups too. So. I don't think I have either. Oh fuck. Okay, let's do it. Go. Uh, it's a time travel movie. Um. Okay, and then Adam Sandler has to recruit his friends from uh when they were kids, but Avengers style. And then they go back in time to meet the younger versions of themselves. And then that's when. Um, they have a tag team basketball match with the rival team, but they're kids. So it's adults versus kids. <laughs> and because they're old, they suffer from like arthritis or something like that. So like for the first like two thirds of the match, they get like absolutely pummeled by these kids, these old boomers. 
but then they realized that um uh but then they realized that they need teamwork. No, no, no. That that <laughs> that their childhood wasn't as glorious as they thought it'd be. That whole basketball championship wasn't as glorious as they thought it'd be. And it turns out that they didn't actually win the basketball championship as kids. They've just been hiding it. It's a facade to relive their glory days. And they actually lost horribly. And they don't want to relive that memory. And then and then now they're going through this midlife crisis while they're stuck in like 19-whatever the fuck they're in. Um, 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 but then uh, Salma Hayek is wondering where Adam Sandler is. And so Salma Hayek recruits... Uh, my Rudolph and all the yeah, and all the wives. All the wives, and then they do it Avenger style. They time travel. Uh, Josh. <laughs> and then and then uh okay okay hold on hold on. This is and turning then, out really then, terrible. And then they gotta fight a common enemy in a mind controlled, uh Kevin James. So 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 now it's the 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 opposing team as kids. The the main group of guys as kids, and then Adam Sandler's friends as adults, and then Salma Hayek's friends as adults, and, and then them as kids too. Somehow they yeah, got introduced, yeah. thrown into the mix, and now they're they're all standing together as a team, as grown ups, and they learned how to the 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 older people learn how to be youthful again, and 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 the kids learn how to how to how to handle themselves and 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 mature in a sense and and they they defeat the mind-controlled uh kevin james by dunking a basketball on him the end i hope that suffice kj that was that was fucking hard i have no idea where the hell that was going uh okay all right next question question. (laughs) next question oh my fucking god this next question comes from mc churro underscore batman versus iron man who wins Okay, let's think about this for a second. I know my answer. Hands down. Hands down. Because uh now I they now, both they're they're both essentially humans with a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Mm. However, like, you know, and I know people are gonna be like, Oh, but Reagan, you're a Marvel fan. And I'm like, Yeah, I know. I have an idea. So yeah, fucking I what? have an idea. So fucking I'm, what? Uh, where you're going. Do you think who like who do but I think to, is gonna win? But to um uh to create an interesting dialogue, I would say Maybe Batman would win. Okay. You want to know my answer? What's your answer? Batman's going to win. Fuck. <laughs> okay, Iron Man's going to win. <laughs> Shit. Oh, boy. No, it's just, you know, Batman. Yeah, they, they both have technology, right? But Batman's also the greatest detective in the world. Well, that, and he's also really skilled like hand like yeah. with, with hand combat. Uh-huh. And we rarely see that in Iron Man or in Tony Stark. Yeah. We get like a hint of it, but like... Batman. But in a vacuum, if like if they just started fighting, and let's say that Iron Man pulls an Iron Man three and he has access to all of his suits like at once, so he could like keep on like using them for different scenarios. Well, I mean, he has nanotech. Yeah, and he's got nanotech, and I feel like uh like Batman would have something to like combat it or like you know counteract. If it. anything, he probably has like a batarang that's like an EMP, an EMP, and it'll shut, shut down. down like all of Tony's suits. Something like Something that. Some shit like that. But yeah, I would say personally, as a Marvel fan. Batman's gonna win. Yeah, I think Batman gets a two zero from us. <laughs> uh, okay, how many more questions do you want to do? Because I have one. I have one the... more. Angelique. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, Angelique on Instagram. She asked, "If you could live in any film's universe, oh, shit. which film would you want to oh, live in shit. and why?" We got it. Let, let Does La La Land count? Or just L A. 
I'm just kidding. Let's make this. Let's uh. Let's make it quick and snappy. Let's make this one quick and snappy. I have, I have my answer. I think I have my answer. A world. Let me go think about this for a second. What's your answer? Since you since you already have one. I think it's pretty obvious. The Transformers universe. Fuck me. <laughs> Oh my Dude, god! Can you, can you imagine how cool it would be? We're talking about like Michael Bay Transformers or yeah, like animated man. Transformers. No, oh Michael Bay Transformers. Oh my god! Can you imagine if, if if my fucking Volkswagen Jetta transformed into a piece of shit? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like like yeah. like a junk pile of metal, dude. That'll be so tight. Like imagine if I'm like late for work, right? Even though yeah. I live five minutes away, I'll be like, oh shit, motherfucking. I don't fucking know what your name is, but transform and get me to fucking work. He'll just like run. <laughs> You rebar. Know? His name's Rebar. I don't know. <laughs> rebar. Some, some type of fucking piece of metal. Um, I'm actually like looking at my movies as to like oh, what no. I would want to live in. Uh, oh, this is fucking hard. Why am I being put on the spot like this? But the one that that caught my eye as I was looking through my um collection of movies is uh a, a type of heightened reality like scott pilgrim versus the world oh okay where it's like a melding of like video game and like real life and just like they just intertwine with one another and you have like these weird dreamscapes and like just all this crazy shit happening and maybe maybe when i do uh meet a girl like she'll have seven evil exes i'll have to beat the shit out of and one of them is chris evans and he'll beat the fuck out of me and he'll die after a skateboarding accident (laughs) oh my god i still haven't seen scott pilgrim it's so good dude edgar wright bro so, so your answer is Scott Pilgrim? That, that's the universe you want to live in? For the time being, yeah. Or maybe like Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, nice. That's a good choice. Yeah. Okay. Mine, yeah. Mine would be like Transformers just because giant robots are fucking cool. Oh, wait. Was it movie specifically? Yeah. any. I think, she, I think it was any film's universe. Oh, shit. Yeah, any film's universe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm sticking with those. But yeah, Transformers because giant robots, which is cool. Spider Man because I love Spider Man. Yeah. <laughs> Not that I'm gonna like be like an iteration of the man behind the mask, but you know, I get to live in a variable frame rate. Yeah. I'm rendered in 12 <laughs> FPS. <laughs> How cool is that? Well, I all hope, right. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that short Q and A. Hopefully, we can do another one with the more hard hitting questions that delve into our psyche. Mm-hmm. but yeah anyways that has been the coworkers podcast i hope you guys enjoyed this episode please be sure to follow us on instagram at coworkers.podcast please be sure to support our podcast on anchor spotify and youtube and we will see you all next time i'm reagan and i'm josh later guys have a good night everyone